0: Some of you are old enough some of you are old enough to remember that old Maxwell House slogan, right? Good to the last drop yeah, so i 'm reminded of that with that video. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about your chosenness. Uh, could you just say, "I am chosen, I am chosen. Some of you that 's hard harder to say than for others. Some of you um, it 's hard to even. Feel that way. You've maybe never felt chosen, but I want you to know right at the onset, if you don't get anything else today, know that you are chosen by God. The scripture we've already read in Jeremiah 1.5 speaks to that, but there's a multitude of scriptures that speak to it. In First Peter 2, verse 1 through 10, I'm going to skip down and I'm going to go to verse 9 actually. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And of course, the scripture that hopefully, as we read this a few more times this morning, that this will become a part of the fabric of all of our being. This week, it's our hope, Claire and I, and it's our hope that we could all embrace God's word over our lives and into our lives and understand the depth of meaning and the goodness in this scripture, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. When I started studying the scripture, when I started to read the Bible kind of regularly, I wasn't reading the Bible to become a pastor. I wasn't reading the Bible so that someday I could debate about scriptures or about theology. I wasn't studying the scripture to prove anything to anybody or to, to try to uh, be in some kind of discussion or prove something wrong or prove something right. I was reading the Bible when I started it all out because I had come to a place in my life, and when I started to lean and pay much closer attention to God, it was because I was feeling a void. In it, it, Even though I was still a young man, actually in my teens at that point, I, I began to realize that the words of the world and the opinions of men and women and even people that I loved and so appreciated, and I knew that they were for me, still left me a little bit high and dry. Even the things I was saying over my own life, it it just wasn't enough. There There was a lack. So, I started to read the scripture to find out What the void might be about, and could God speak into that? I really was getting tired, and maybe you're this morning, tired of the voice of the world. Maybe even if you understand that you're chosen, you could honestly say today that in all of the chaos, that it just doesn't, it cannot fulfill what needs to be fulfilled in our lives, So as I went to God and I went to the scriptures and started to read the scripture and begin to notice promptings and things going on in my own life, I began to understand that there are words in the scripture and there are statements that are made and principles and impartations and movements that literally began to move my life and still do. There were promises that I, I was really interested in as I read them and encouragement and admonishments. I started to realize that as wonderful as things like psychologists and psychiatrists can be and medical doctors, that there is this place in all of our lives that go beyond what humans can do for us. I began to realize that God's word and God's presence can heal our lives and can calm us when we're anxious and other things don't work, that there is this place that God can move into through his word and by his presence that goes beyond what anything else can do, that God could empower and deliver from attacks and the flauntings of an enemy that I didn't even really realize was trying to attack my life and attacks your life. Only God is able to speak a word in the now and it can do something in my past simultaneously with doing something in the today and envision my future. I started to realize that. And I gave my life to Christ. I read these scriptures like Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and it was just mind-blowing to me. I mean, on one hand, I thought, well, God is big, and God is amazing. God is awesome. But that's an awful lot. Before I was even formed in my mother's womb, God knew me. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, you were chosen. You were set apart. That word is... Set apart is to be sanctified, literally to be sanctified. It started to get more and more interesting to me. And and I got to tell you, it just grows as time goes by. The omnipotence of God, that God is all-powerful. That God is able to do anything. There is nothing impossible for God. That God is in control of my life and yours. That God is omniscient. This was so interesting and continues to be that he's all knowing that he knows what we're all thinking right now at the same time. He knows every answer to every question to every problem. And that God is omnipresent. That he's in your life presently, like he's in my life presently, like he's in the lives of every person in India in the present. And all of us can have a conversation with God simultaneously, and he's not overwhelmed or confused by it. I started to see things that happened to me before I gave my life to Christ, and I knew that God was in my life even before I gave my life to Christ. He did things like miraculously healing a finger that was dislocated uh, on my body that happened in in basketball when I was in 10th grade before I gave my life to Christ, and I couldn't deny that it was the power and the prophetic purpose of God doing something in my life. I saw miracles happen, or people talk about miracles beyond what happened in my own life, and I, I knew them to be honest people giving honest reports. My grandfather talking about things that were just like, Man, that's just crazy. And I knew it was true. I saw lives turn on a dime. I had family members that literally did 180 turns instantaneously just because of getting a grip on the fact that they were chosen by God to live a life in and for God and their lives turned around immediately from a life that might have been going in a really bad direction, that literally within one night changed. I realized at a greater depth that God cares about me. It was tangible and continues to be tangible that I can feel God's love. I can feel his presence. I feel God's presence in this room right now, and I can't really explain it to you other than to just say, I can feel God's presence in this room and in my life right now, in this moment. And I started to realize the reality of this scripture and others when the scripture says that you are chosen and I am chosen, that we are chosen by God, put on this planet for this moment, this time in history. And you may look around and at times you may look at other people's lives and say, well, it's easy for them to say because their life's pretty good, but my life's not that good. That's, I want you to pay attention to your life today. You are chosen to be here on this day. The scripture says before he formed me, before he formed Jeremiah, before he formed me, before he formed you, he knew us, he foreknew us long before Dick and Pat Lorridge knew Scott Lorridge as their child. Long before my mother felt a kick in her womb, She long before she looked at me or my dad looked at me for the first time, God saw me. God saw you. It wasn't a doctor that saw me first. It wasn't a nurse that saw me first. It wasn't an ultrasound tech that saw you first. God saw you before you were seen by anyone you were seen by God. God sees you, he chose you, he had protected you. The reason that your life has not ended before this moment is because God has protected you. God has kept you, he's monitored your life. The reason that if your mother had a troubled pregnancy that she didn't end it might have been a great decision by her but bigger than that was the fact that God was monitoring the pregnancy and God wanted you on the earth right now. God needed your life here in the midst of what might be a difficult season in your life, for instance. You need to know that God has you here for this moment. He has kept you till now and d- is d- determined to keep you into the future. It's God that protected your mother's pregnancy and all of the days that have followed in your life and mind, It was God and continues to be God. While in the womb, he secured us, he protected us, he developed us, and he grew us, and he continues to do those things in our lives. In fact, even before we were formed by God in the womb, we were known by God, The scripture tells us and other scriptures tell us. We were ordained by God. In other words, God had a purpose for our lives. Before you were even created, you were in the mind of God as a thought and you were known by God and God had something that needed to be done on planet Earth. And he said, when he says to Jeremiah here, when he says that you will be a prophet to the nations, what he's saying to Jeremiah and he's saying to us is there is something for you you that needs to be done on the earth that has a rippling effect somehow, some way to the nations. We can't understand that fully, but we can know that God is with us. Before anyone knew whether you were going to be a boy or a girl, God knew. Before your mom threw up in that first trimester, you, God knew that you were there. Before there was a prepping of the bedroom and the family getting ready for your arrival, God chose you and chose me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There are no surprises to God about your life and mine. Prophetically, he has spoken into our lives and has sent us to the world. Your failures and my failures have not surprised God. Our life has not surprised God. He has known all about us before any of it has even happened. He knows every one of our thoughts right now. He has known every thought we've had before we even had it. And he knows what we'll be thinking tomorrow. He knows what we're going to do he knows the struggles that we've lived in and live in, possibly today. He knows the victories that we've lived in and, and, and enjoyed, and the victories that we are still yet to enjoy. He knows the normal days. None of this surprises God. And in the midst of this, God has set us apart, the scripture says. He has set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. To be set apart is to be sanctified. First of all, that means positionally before God. We are before God. And then there is this ongoing sanctification or set-apartness that the scripture talks about where God takes us on this journey and it's part of our prophetic journey where he continues to draw us to himself and mature us and and continues to invite us to have a relationship with him and to grow with him. And ultimately there is this ultimate set-apartness, this ultimate invitation to be in heaven one day with God. But see, your life and mine couldn't have been cut off previous to today. You know as well as I do that this room is full of people that are amazed that they are here today, people that have had diseases and have had addictions and have had near-misses and accidents and all sorts of things but your life couldn't be cut off because your prophetic purpose on the earth is not over. You are chosen to continue. There's even people in the room that wish their life was over. And I would say to you this, that God's plan has not stopped because of your disappointment or your depression or discouragement, that God is still with you and God is still inviting you to live the fullness of the purpose he's created you for you are a chosen vessel you have been set apart by god almighty and there is nothing that the enemy of your soul can do to end that short of god's permission we're set apart see what happens is we read this scripture and we think well this is jeremiah prophet to the nation's I'm not Jeremiah, but what we easily miss when we read these kinds of scriptures is we forget that when the scripture tells us that we're set apart, it really is saying that we are uniquely designed. We are uniquely placed on, you were put on this planet for specific reason, specific purpose that's always been in the mind of God. You were never meant to be Jeremiah. If you were meant to be Jeremiah, you would be Jeremiah. You were never meant to be Betty unless your name is Betty. You were not meant to be Betty. It was not a mistake that you are not Billy Graham. Do you understand? You and I are who we are because God thought it was a great idea. A prophetic, profound, chosen idea to send you here on this day In this generation, you're set apart. You weren't meant to live a cookie-cutter life. You weren't meant, and I wasn't meant just to be a part of the clique or the club. We are fearfully, David says, and wonderfully made. There would be times when we would be outcast by men and women because the only way we could draw near prophetically to God is by being outcast by men and women at times. It doesn't matter who somebody else wants you to be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who somebody else says you should be. The only thing that really matters is who God thinks you should be. Because God's opinion is the only one that ultimately matters. It was Him that placed His Word into your life and created you. It doesn't matter that the enemy doesn't want you here. It doesn't matter that he wants to rob and kill and destroy from you, because God wants you here, and God says there's no weapon that will be formed against you that will prosper against you. You're chosen. You're set apart. You are here with a purpose, on a mission from God. Your life is not meaningless, ever. It's never meaningless. My life is never meaningless, It's always meaningful. On my worst day, on your worst day, God has filled our lives with meaning even when we have a hard time wrapping our arms around that. We are here on a mission. We are an arrow in flight. We are a missile headed for a target. God made a decision and said, this arrow going toward that bullseye and I'm sending it now. And he spoke forth your name. You are propelled, we have been propelled, sent literally from heaven for a specific life mission. Your mom was an amazing, we should have talked about this next week. Your mom was an amazing conduit, a delivery system for a prophetic message this world so desperately needed through your life or mine. You are marked by God, you are a marked daughter of God. You are a marked son of God. God does have an agenda for your life. God is desiring for all of us to grow into the mighty thing that He has for each one of us. See, there's some things that are only for you to do. You were created for certain things that were only yours to do on the earth. God thought it through. God wasn't looking for any of us to try to copy other people or imitate other people. When God wanted you, he created you. That's why it's not wise to try to copy other people. It's the temptation of our culture, isn't it? If we sing, we want to be like a certain singer. If we preach, we want to be like a certain preacher. If we're a church, we want to be like a certain church. If we, if we, uh, you know, if we do home renovations, we want to be like the, one, the people that do it on the TV show, right? It's like we're always trying to copy those things where God just sent us forth, certainly to learn from one another, but to bring our unique gift that God sent to the world through this package that we are. There's no other fingerprint like yours. There's never been a fingerprint like yours. There's not a fingerprint on earth like yours except yours on this day, and there will never be a fingerprint like yours in the future. It speaks to the uniqueness of how God has designed us, each one of us, and we play this beautiful symphony together in the church, and in community, and God makes a difference through our lives, but we have to live it one life at a time. The scripture tells us that the hairs on our head are numbered, I find that interesting, that the hairs on our head are numbered. Now that would be awesome enough, wouldn't it, to think that, for instance, the hairs on your head are counted, you know, some people would be easier to count than others, but anyway, for God to just say, you know, your head has like, half a million hairs. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that the hairs on your head are numbered. So like this morning, I was wearing a blue sweatshirt. I'm outside uh, taking the dog out, and I look, and this happens a little bit more this time in my life. But when I have something dark on, I don't know if you notice, I get a little bit of gray, and uh, I'm just turning. Anyway, there's like... A handful of gray. And I looked, I kind of chuckled. It's like on my, and it wasn't dandruff, it was gray hair. Anyway, I kind of chuckled and I thought, God knows every number, like 14,536. Scott just lost it. You know, 15,018, there it is. He knows every numbered hair on your head. If God is so intimately involved with us, obviously he's intimately involved With the plan that he has for our life. David says it this way in Psalm 139 17, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They cannot be numbered. That's pretty powerful. You are chosen, we are chosen. Russell Kelfer says this, he says you are are who you are for a reason, you are part of an intricate plan, precious and perfect and unique in design. God called a special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake, he knit you together within your mother's womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the parents that he chose. And no matter how you feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind. And they bear the master's seal. No, that trauma you faced was not easy. And God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. You are chosen. Your children are chosen. Your parents are chosen. Designed by God, masterfully sent to the earth for this moment, this generation, this season, to live fully into who God has made us to be. Understand that the enemy is terrified of you and terrified of me. You don't need to be terrified of the enemy. The enemy is terrified of you, not because of you, but because of who is inside of you. The enemy is terrified and would do anything the scripture tells us to rob from you, to kill you, or destroy you. It's interesting the order, how that comes in the scripture, because it says the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy, and it seems like... Kill should be last, right? Because isn't that like the last thing that happens? But it comes in the middle. He comes to rob from you, to have you uh, in the midst of your chosenness, to try to take that away so that you live in poverty of spirit and that you don't fully embrace the relationship that God wants to have with you, that you're not living. When you get robbed by the enemy, you don't live in the goodness of today. You kind of become paralyzed to it. Have you ever been in a really rough? season and it's just difficult, not necessarily because the enemy's robbing from you, but he starts to distract you and you're living in your today, but you feel like you're just surviving through the day. You're being robbed because there is a goodness in every day that God wants us to have. The enemy is trying to take all of your power. The enemy is trying to take all of the influence that you were created in your chosenness to display to the earth. The enemy is trying to take all of the enjoyment out of your life. The scripture says the enemy comes to kill. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? The To end any of the life, not just ultimately your life, but any of the life in your life but destroys the interesting term because it's the last term in the series rob kill and destroy and what the destroy is about is the enemy not only wants to kill you but wants to destroy the memory of your chosenness the enemy because i have met a lot of people that really honestly i think they would be fine dying be like i'm ready I have, my mom is, she's like, I'm ready, Scott. I'm ready for heaven. But see, God still has her here and has maybe some in this room here because it's not about whether or not you live or die. It's about a legacy that God still has you on the earth to build. There is still a prophetic purpose going on in your life. Trying, the enemy's trying to take the memory of you Eliminate the legacy that you were meant to live into this season of your life, full of wisdom, full of resources that you've accumulated that go far beyond just finances, resources, life, wisdom, and understanding that you have accumulated. The enemy wants to destroy that. And God would say to all of us, don't allow the enemy to destroy from you. Live into, build that legacy See, the devil doesn't mind that we're in church today, doesn't mind that some of us raised our hands, doesn't mind that some of us like to quote scripture, doesn't mind when we say that we're a Christian, just so long as when we're done with all of that stuff, we really don't have any faith or confidence in our chosenness and in the integrity that we're invited to, and that we don't care whether or not our character continues to grow and gets built, and that we would have a holy work ethic before God because we were put on this planet for a prophetic purpose. See, the enemy doesn't want that to happen. You can go to church all you want, just don't let your life change and grow because it's your prophetic purpose that the enemy's after. The enemy doesn't mind how many days we live on the earth so long as we don't live the days that we have on the earth. I mentioned it a minute before or a few minutes ago, and the truth, maybe about just about all of us, is we cannot deny that we have either lived very closely to people that have had close calls that are sitting in this room, or we've all lived close calls. In this room are people that have been delivered from leukemia, cancers. Been in ICUs where the doctor said they will never come out of this. And here they are today. Severe heart trauma and problems, circulatory issues. Deep depression, paralyzing. But here to live another day, accidents, close calls that we knew if we would have just did something a little bit different, we wouldn't be here today. But we have been chosen to be here on this day. Your life and your chosenness has been delivered by God for such a time as this. You are on this planet. You do the work you do. You touch the things you touch. You are connected to the people you are connected with. You have influence and opportunity that is so much bigger than any of us realize. The God of the universe said this over each and every one of us. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This week, the admonition and the encouragement for all of us is to take that scripture. If you need to jot it down, jot it down. It'll be online. You can get it at the church website, Jeremiah 1.5, and just ask the question. I, I Just let that ruminate over your life and take it into memory. If you've never memorized the scripture, begin to try to memorize this scripture this week. And get before God and just say, God, what does this mean for my life? What does the chosenness of my life, why did you put me here now and why do you want this to continue? And begin to breathe in the strength, the fact that the God of the universe, out of all the billions of people, called you forth. because God wanted you called forth
1: let's pray together just notice whatever God helped you pay attention to this morning whatever word or phrase something that captured you, something that made you wonder something that gave you hope. And Just hold that in God's presence and say, God, I would like to know more about that. today, and I pray that they would ascend into the life that you've called them to, that there would be a rising up, that there would be an understanding on the inside, that the person that they're taking from this building is chosen, that they would ascend to that place this week, that there would be no low living, but there would be this understanding of the call. And so I pray, God, that surrender will happen all week with each one. Whenever a word would come that would say something contrary to chosen, that they would let that go and surrender to what you say, that they are chosen, they're set apart, and created for you. And so I send every one of our friends forward into this week, into every conversation they have, every encounter they have, that they would feel their chosenness. They would ascend. They would live above every evil word, every evil intent, that they would ascend, that they would bring themselves called and chosen prophets. Let miracles happen this week through the lives of your people. Let each of them bring the presence of God every room they walk into and be aware of the presence of God wherever they go. That they would walk in and know who they belong to. And we bless them now and send them forth in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great week. See you next week. Who may say